even the former president of the United States. You can say that now, yes. He was body shamed for having a small penis. Well, he was body shamed for having small hands. Oh, it's small hands. Yes, and because we know what small hands mean, which is, is... Is actually that, is that true? The, is it true that hand size and penis size are corollary? Yeah. You know what? That's part of a body shaming thing that we do as a culture. You should be a certain way or else. And if you're not that way, guess what? You know, the marketers knew that in my house, there was a man of, you know, mid-30s who was losing his hair because the amount of brochures that I got oh. for hair replacement surgery was pretty shocking. Yeah, there's always like, you're not good enough. You need to do this one more thing so that you can look a certain way, you know? Mm -hmm. With that, people don't have like really good, healthy relationship with themselves. Right. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Interracial Couple Podcast. Where it's not all black and white. My name is Sarah. I'm black. I'm Matthew. I'm white. And today we will be talking about body shaming men. Body shaming men. Men and body shaming and how that is not talked about really all that much. And in part, I think there's been a lot of very important emphasis put on the way that culturally we have spent too much time shaming women about their bodies, but it is certainly an issue for men and in some ways I think now also an insidious one because if it is emotionally painful, if it hurts the feelings, men generally also socially we say aren't supposed to have hurt feelings. So I think what has happened is that there are so many women and so many movements that are coming up and speaking against body shaming women and saying that this is the body that God gave me and I'm really proud of who I am and I may be curvy, I might be skinny, I might, I'm just who I am. But I don't think we have the same kind of men and movement advocating for men being body shamed. Right, because if that does come, I don't think most of us want to admit, like, I've got to be okay um, I can handle it. That's sort of this general, almost uh, sort of man thing in our culture. It's like, I got this. I got this. I don't need any help. I don't need you to be nice about my body. I don't need any of that. I can handle it. I can handle it. Um, ultimately, that's not really true. Um, you know, men have emotional needs too. Men's feelings can get hurt. And really kind of bringing an awareness to uh, how we actually, because of this masculine thing, we're supposed to be tough and, and handle it all. We actually then are creating kind of this double standard around body shaming. Yeah. So I think for women, it's mostly, it's usually body size, boobs, uh, hair. It's a lot. Oh, it, you can you can keep going. Yeah, it's legs, keep... it's thigh gap, it's too much hair here, not enough there. So, but for men, it's like, it's it's the same, but I think the one of the huge one is the penny size. Well, there, penis size is certainly uh, a big one, uh, and we know that that is something that obviously men think about, but don't talk about a lot. No, and we kind of know that because of the amount of late night infomercials about penis enlargement cures or. As though, as though it's a disease to have a small penis. 
<laughs> no, it's a, it's not. It's definitely not a disease. <laughs> definitely not. Uh, everyone has their own size. There are about as many different shapes and sizes of penis as there are of breasts, um, which is billions, in fact. Yeah. I remember when I used to go to the salon and I had hair and I would see, like, I think I would come across magazines on, you know, advertising for penis enlargement, yep. you know. And it's a thing, too, like sometimes when you kind of see like a guy with a big truck and you're just like, oh, they have a small penis size. Right. Particularly if they've got a loud flow master and they're making a Correct. lot of noise or they're going to fly past you with a <laughs> thing. Whoa, buddy there. <laughs> what are you trying to make up for? And then that becomes perfectly socially acceptable to say that. Yeah. And now that I'm actually just thinking is like even, you know, the former president of the United States. You can say that now, yes. We He was body shamed for having a small penis. Well, he was body shamed for having small hands. Oh, it's small hands. Yes, and because we know what small hands mean. Which is, 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 actually that, is that true? The, is it true that hand size and penis size are, are corollary? Yeah. You know what? I don't believe so. Um, I always did believe so, which made me feel good about myself. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but... But that's also like the fact that I could even say that is a little bit silly, mm -hmm. you know, and that also goes to show that there is a stigma around it. Men will happily when they have larger penises are much more likely to want to talk about it because that's a good thing to have. And I can't whip it out and show you, which is also a good thing. So it becomes this thing of, oh, yeah, I can I can say that. Or you can't actually know if I do or not. So if I act a certain way, I can act like I'm testosterone filled and have, you know, a whole lot, you know, I'm well endowed and got a whole lot of stuff going on downstairs. Yeah, it all just kind of gets into this whole area that we kind of don't really talk about. And I think that that's a problem. Yeah, and I'm even thinking like when we see these huge guys at the gym or we see these men who are driving the trucks and we are like, oh, you're driving that truck because you are compensating for your small penis. It's like we also say that around children. And so we're saying that around children. Well, do you say that around children? I don't say that around children, but sometimes it's like not children, but teenagers. Mm. Like, I don't know where I've had this from. Like, I can't pinpoint. It's just something that people say. Right. You know, it's like, oh, so he, they have a huge truck. All I'm saying is like whether someone is being an asshole doesn't mean that we should, you know, kind of think like because they're being an asshole. They're, they're, just ma being... they're making up for something that they that Cor they don't have. Or Correct. That somehow penis envy is not only per Freud what women have, but what men have if they don't quite have enough of one. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just saying that I'm going to stop being really careful about saying things mm -hmm. like that, yep. you know. And yeah, and I th there's like if I think about it, like that's one thing we can easily say. Even like growing up, girls that I hung out with a lot of times would talk about, "Ew, that guy's got a hairy back. That's so nasty." Make fun of guys that had you know like man boobs. We don't actually know this, but but breast cancer is a serious issue amongst men. It is, but we just don't talk about it because that's somehow less manly or something to uh, have. To have I mean, breast cancer, that's a, that's, that's a woman's disease. And men die of it too because they're not going to admit it, right? They're not going to go deal with it at the doctor and say, I have breast cancer. So those things are actually all kind of tied in with body shaming in that somehow if you have breasts as a man, if you've got man boobs, even you don't even have to. I mean, breast, breast cancer affects men without large pectoral area. 
Yeah. So that's one huge one. What's another one f- that's huge that we say it, but we don't even sometimes think about it as body shaming? Well, there would be hair would be one thing, yeah. right? And you see how like as men sometimes, you fortunately we see this less and less, but like the comb over, right? Of like, I don't want to accept the fact that I've lost my hair. So I'm going to take some hair from near my ears and I'm going to comb it all the way over to my other ears, though I'm going to hide the fact that I don't have any hair on top. And that really does come from the same place, right? People make fun of a comb over. And a comb over, I get it. A comb over is a decision that's based on insecurity. And that insecurity yeah. is based on, ultimately, a shame of body. Yeah, but also the insecurity is coming from how much importance we've placed on hair, you know? On, yeah. And... Men who have, you know, have hair are more beautiful, you know. And if you're losing your hair and you don't have hair, then you're not considered, quote unquote, what a man should look like. Well, and beauty is also not the ideal word For, that we would want to use to describe our dashing looks. <laughs> <laughs> Handsome. <laughs> yeah. So do you want to talk about like you losing your hair? Yeah, it it took some acceptance for sure. And I can't say that anybody body shamed me about it. Okay. But I did feel obviously that I must have been less than because sometime in my late 20s, as my hair was really thinning, I went out and bought Rogaine and I started regrowing my hair. Mm -hmm. And I felt good about that. You know, the writing was probably on the wall for a little while before I finally gave up and said, you know what, I'm done with this. I'm going to accept where I'm at. And... I mean, I can say those body shaming, but it was also like age. It's part of like the whole age thing in this culture too, where it was like, okay, by the, the fact that I don't have hair and I'm losing my hair is a sign that I'm getting older and I'm not ready to be old yet, as though bald and old are conflated. Um, and so, yeah, it took me a while. And actually, it's one thing that I would say was really beneficial in our relationship, which is that actually as soon as we got together, I think threw it away. Mm. I threw it away, which is kind of fascinating to me because I guess one thing was I felt like my looks were important while I wasn't in a secure relationship or while I still sort of believed that how is the opposite sex going to see me. Mm. And when I knew that like that you thought I was handsome regardless. I and, do really think you're handsome. That helped me, actually, to be able to really accept that I am now just a bald man. It's just that simple, you know? So my own comfort, and some of it, too. I, I was in my late 30s at that point, and I, had, I think I'd always told myself, when I hit 40, I'm giving up. Like, that's fine. I just don't want to be, I don't want to be bald in my 30s. Yeah. But that's also a thing. Like, I didn't magically come up with that number. I didn't pull that out of my butt and say, oh, 40 is a perfectly good time to be bald, but 35 is a bad time to be bald. That was given to me, and that's part of a body shaming thing that we do as a culture. You should be a certain way or else. And if you're not that way, guess what? You know, they knew, you know, the marketers knew that in my house, there was a man of, you know, mid-30s who was losing his hair because the amount of brochures that I got for hair replacement surgery was pretty shocking. Yeah, there's always like, you're not good enough. You need to do this one more thing so that you can look a certain way, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's like all this marketing that is just making people feel like they're not good enough. And 
with that, people don't have like really good, healthy relationship with themselves. Right. You know, I think like that is so key. It's like we can talk about like having healthy relationship with people around you. But I think having healthy relationship actually has to come from you. It you know? does. And I think that what, what ultimately now has happened and I, I see is that, you know, for a while there was the whole dad bod thing. Remember like, oh, dad bod, that's like a cool thing. It's good. If you're, if you're not fit and you're a little flabby and a little bit hairy and, you know, undefined, then that's kind of like a sexy thing. And, and yeah, I think that was fairly kind of short lived. <laughs> but my point on that is that there are these two things. One is that self-care is actually a really good thing. Self-care is really important. Self-obsession with how I appear is not a good thing. Yeah, that is like, for me, self-obsession on how I appear is one of the reasons that I didn't put on makeup for a very long time. Because I didn't know the balance between self-care and self-obsession and spending hours putting on makeup. You know, so I was just like, I would rather not put on makeup if starting to put on makeup is going to start defining who I am. Because mm. I just wanted to be like, I can get up in the morning, just wash my face, put on some lotion and leave the house without putting on makeup. I didn't want to be dependent on it. But once I was confident that I was liked who I was, then in my 30s, I was like, you know, I can put a little bit of foundation. I can put on some lipstick so that I can make myself feel good. But I wasn't doing it to make for other people. Right. Or or that it was there's something that's not good enough about Correct. me, therefore I need it. Yeah. In that sense, then it's about a healthy relationship with yourself, too. So this whole thing that we do around body shaming a lot is a basically it, it interferes with our own healthy relationship with ourselves. Correct. You know, yeah. if I have a good relationship with myself, then then what somebody else comes at me with is less painful. And sometimes we see certain comedians have really kind of flipped the switch. You've got someone like Amy Schumer, uh, Jim Gaffigan, people who are not, you know, and, and neither of them are, are fat by any means, uh, but they're not sort of, they don't fit this ideal standard that the magazines have sold us. And I'm sure both of them, uh, as examples of actually didn't just like wake up one morning and say, Hey, I have no body issues. It was, a, it was a process of actually saying, you know what, this is who I am. And now if I make fun of it, then nobody can use it against me because I beat you to the punchline. Yeah. I'm funnier about my body than you could ever be. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, it's, and it's, not all of us ha actually have that, the benefit of being able to beat someone else to the punchline or actually laugh at ourselves because there's so much stuff that's just piled on. Yeah, there's so much. So we are talking about like having so much hair and so little hair in some other places. <laughs> but there's also another thing where I've noticed when you're not sure if it's a boy or a girl and some like kids are ambiguous, mm -hmm. where it's like, if a boy looks like a girl, it's like, huh, they look like a girl, you know, if they have hair. And I'm just kind of thinking like for men is like, you need to look like a man. And for those men who actually look like women, it's really difficult if you're, especially like, let's say like you're not a kid anymore and you're in your 20s and you're skinny. There's just like, you're skinny and you don't necessarily like are not buff because we think of like men looking a certain way. Do you think that is also some form of body shaming? Well, it could be. I mean, I, th I think when you, you can also have to differentiate a bit sort of body shaming 
and cultural norms, you know, and neither of them are necessarily helpful. I mean, there's a lot of cultural norms that just don't benefit us anymore. You know, the way we've stratified a man is this and a woman is that. Like that may have served society at one point. In fact, I believe it did serve society at one point. The fact that you and I have to decide who's going to make dinner, we had to figure out a system Right, we had certain challenges around how money is brought in, who makes money, how dinner is cooked, all these things. Boy, I'm telling you, when life was real, when survival was difficult, if you were like in this country as a as a settler, 300 years ago, survival was really really hard. So therefore, to figure out who's making dinner tonight, we don't have yeah, time for that. That was right? not you the make top dinner. Of right? <laughs> you make dinner, and I'm going to make sure that I will kill the bear if it comes by. Right? That's yeah. nice and nice and simple. We don't need that anymore. Survival is not hard anymore. So therefore, those old modalities are no longer really beneficial to us. But there are areas where we see those the old gender norms conflate with what does it mean to be a man, what does it mean to be a woman? What are you supposed to look like? And then we get this whole sort of like the body shame thing becomes a man is supposed to be strong. A woman is supposed to be curvy, but not too curvy and is supposed to have soft skin and blah, 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 right? And now, oh, and I look have to- 20, And look 20. Forever. Forever. Yeah. Not age, not show wrinkle. Mm-hmm. And also at the same time, not act 20. Definitely not. <laughs> Just demure, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So in that area, I think the, the body shaming actually comes from the fact that we're actually loosening our grip on these old gender norms. They don't make sense anymore. But because of that, you know, now there's almost, I feel like a, for some people in particular, an uncertainty, you know, like, oh, I'm not really certain about how you know, to be, or I am, I feel shame about myself because I'm supposed to be another way. I mean, you see body shaming stuff on the internet all the time. And I guarantee you, oh my God, the internet is the worst. All these like 99% of the trolls, maybe not quite 99, 95% of the trolls are, are dudes. Most of them, I think probably are like, they're just bitter because they're not taking care of themselves. And now they want to blame somebody else and be like, oh, you know what? I'm going to shame them because I feel bad about myself. And probably, too, they're being shamed, to be honest. If not, but yeah, if not out in the world, it's like, I'm going to go watch a movie and I want to see myself as a hero. Well, guess what? I am overweight. I am not necessarily charismatic. Maybe I'm, Maybe you're like me and you're balding. And now there's all these things that I'm not. And now I'm going to start feeling bad about myself because even though... I wasn't specifically body shamed by someone. The entire culture is telling me I'm not good enough unless I look like Brad Pitt or, you know, or Josh Hartnett, or I've just, you know, dated myself by naming those guys. But, you know, that's what I have to be. I need to be, you know, a John Wayne type. I need to be this thing. And if you watch the movies, who quote unquote gets the girl at the end is the cute guy. And if I'm not that, then I'm not enough. So, and it's the same thing, right? It's like, who are the leading women who get together with the hot guys, right? Women it, who look a certain way. Yeah. Women who are skinny enough. They're not skinny enough, you know? Right. It's yeah. like the least... Can I make her look a little mousy <laughs> if I put on glasses, but then we take them off and it's like, oh, it's Julia Roberts. <laughs> you know? Like, like that, is a, that is a cultural body shaming that we do, and it's not someone directing it. It just allows... You know, it basically gives, in some ways, it gives every other body shamer permission to body shame you. Yeah. Oh, you've got man boobs. Ha ha. You got a gross back because it's hairy. Ha ha. You got a little dick. Ha ha ha. You know, all of these things become, you know, become fodder because we know that if you are, you know, if you're bald, 
and you're a little heavy set, you're George Costanza. You are you are the geeky, nerdy guy on the show and you're never getting laid. Right. True. And that's the culture telling us that. And you're like, I want to be the good looking guy who finds love and feels good about myself and does great things for the world. Not the laughing stock, not the punching bag. We could go on and on about all the things like you could even peak like ears and you have a little bit of a bigger nose or this kind of ears. Yeah, it's yeah, like, it, like me, a pointy nose. I have a very <laughs> pointy nose. Body shame me for that. Um but I also think like another one, like I'm thinking that I don't know if men get body shame is stretch marks and cellulite. What do you, how do cellulite? you, cellulite? Yeah. I remember the first time I saw my cellulite, I was, I think I just, I was just turned 30 and I was, I had shots on it. It was in the summer and I sat down and I was like, oh my God. What just happened to my thighs? You went from being a girl to a woman. That's what happened. I know. I was like, huh. But that was not my first thing. I was like, oh my God, what can I do to get rid of those? Right. You know, because they felt like they shouldn't be there. And then I went back to my apartment and my roommate at the time, she was, she was a woman in her late 30s. And she was like, yeah, welcome to part of being, (laughs) welcome to womanhood. And I was like, huh, you know, and so. I said to think about it, like I take care of myself and this is just part of becoming a woman. You know, I don't have the body of an 18 year old. I don't talk like an 18 year old. Thank God. (laughs) And and it's okay, you know, and it's like really like being comfortable with like the woman that I'm becoming, you know. And so for me, one of those things, and I know today we're talking about men body shaming, but for my experiences, like one of the things that I started doing was like when people ask about my age, I'm really okay telling people how old I am. I, I don't buy into this bullshit. Like women don't reveal their age. Like what's there not to reveal? Like I am 35 years old and being 35 means like I look a certain way, yeah. you know, and I am growing and I'm changing. And at some point I'm going to have wrinkles and it's okay. You yeah. know, like. And and I think that that's, that's actually one of the things that, you know, that because the culture is telling us one thing, then you have these ideas like radical self-love, right? Or yeah. or building your self-esteem and how to build self-esteem, how to, you know, truly love yourself. These are all things that in some ways sometimes can sound a little bit silly to me, you know, but... They sound so cliche, but at the same... Like, like, it's a kind of a funny, weird example, but if you go so far to one side, like you have to bend things back and you need pressure to bend it back. And so therefore... You know, it's like if we're if we have a culture that says you're not good enough unless and then there's this body shame, then the other side is like getting to the point where I am enough. I am sufficient as I am actually takes concepts like radical self-love, like building self-esteem, like whatever these other sort of methodologies are in order to sort of bend back the nail back to straight because the rest of the stuff is just pulling it down on the other side. Yeah. And when you also think about like building self-esteem, it also means like you have to do something to build your self-esteem. Right. You have to do something to build self-confidence, you know, like self-confidence comes as a way, like it's developed by repeating doing something, you know. So when you're saying like to yourself, like I'm enough, like that's it. There's nothing to do. It's just like I'm enough. And then you can go from there. Right. You know, so I guess like for me, it's like when I sometimes I hear like, oh, radical self-love. I'm like, where do you start? (laughs) (laughs) You know? Yeah. 
Exactly. I think that is that that is this piece of like, I and how do you discover that? Because that's not just going to come naturally. You're not going to read a book and figure it out. It's going to actually be a process because our world has been kind of designed to make you feel not enough. So that way you go buy more things. And now it's actually a matter of, you know, they've been working on you since you were a kid. And now on the other side, right? It's now we actually have to really invest our time into shifting that for ourselves. And then also really how we speak around others and these, these pieces of like our own vernacular in the way we speak that are perfectly okay and we have to really examine that stuff too. How do we speak about others? How do we speak about other people's bodies? Um, you know, we actually have to be radically, uh, you know, radical other love too. You know, yeah. we can show ourselves radical self love by radically Loving. accepting others as they are, right? Rather than being like, I'm going to put you down about the way you look because I probably don't feel that great about the way I look. Yeah, and you see that everywhere, you know, especially like now that we spend so much time on social media and we're spending so much on in quarantine, it's just like there's so much hatred. And the hate comes on like something that you said, something that how you look. And I'm just like, why are you attacking someone else on how they look? Like God created them the way they look. There's like really nothing they can do. Yep, this, you is, know? this is who we are. That yeah. is the face that the creator gave them whoever like you know i mean there are things you know we do have to be aware that and i think we talked about this earlier mm -hmm. is there's only so much you can do but there are things that you can do but what are you doing that for are you doing it for yourself or are you doing it for someone else are you you know trying to you know go to the gym and stay fit just because you want to feel healthy and because it feels good and to what extent are you doing that for the other and also how much of that just becomes conflated in the world to say you know what yeah i want to look great for myself but we know that kind of underneath a lot of that is you know years and years of programming that we're not enough yeah so sometimes when i go to the gym and I, this year i was like i want to be strong and so i want to i wanted i wanted to build muscle before corona started and i was just like I had to ask myself those questions, you know, like, why am I going to the gym? Am I going to the gym because I want my butt to look a certain way? I do, but <laughs> on, I'm sorry. <laughs> or am I going to the gym to really build muscle and just feel healthy right. and be more energetic? You know, and I think that is an ongoing conversation with myself. It's like, why am I really doing this? You know, um, mm. and I, I don't know. I just kind of feel like, it's an ongoing for like conversation for a lot of women, you know, like soul searching, like, why am I doing this? Because it's so important to also take care of yourself, Absolutely. you know, just because I'm 35 doesn't mean I should let myself go. <laughs> or when I'm 75, I should let myself go. I feel like you also kind of like need to take care of yourself. Absolutely. So I'm kind of curious, you know, share with us what your insights on this are. How, what do you struggle with? Leave comments below. Uh, be in touch. You can find us at theinteracialcouple.com and on social media at The Interracial Couple. And uh, thank you so much for joining us this week on our conversation around body shaming, body shaming men, body shaming women, and using self-love in order to overcome the messages we're getting from the outside. Yeah. So thanks for tuning in. See you next week. Bye.